Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. There we go. Welcome in, guys. It is Thursday morning. <laughs> it's like, what day of the week is it? God, is it Wednesday? No, that's that's Falcons. Uh, it's Thursday morning. May 19th, and it is 7.33 a.m. A little a couple minutes late. We were just talking a little Chelsea and uh, giving a shout-out to Kim Beckers. Just talking about her show yesterday. Mm-hmm. Make sure you, if you guys haven't listened to that, turn turn back and listen to that. But uh, welcome in. Broncos for breakfast. And we're going to talk a little bit of Broncos players today. How are you doing, Scott? It is. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a hot one there. Yeah, I'm doing well. I broke out the whites today. I was afraid of what it might do on the camera, but I think it's working okay. But when it's starting to be above 90 degrees and Chelsea's playing, we're going we're gonna to wear the white kit. I always said yeah. this one was kind of an age check. Anybody under 25 hated the collars, and everybody over the age of 25 liked this kit. So I like this kit. I see they're doing an, an age check in the chat real quick. I don't want to play that game anymore. I used to be the youngest guy in the room. I remember what that was like. I uh, I feel like I've always been one of the older ones of the room, the oldest one on both sides of the family. Um, always got stuck, you know, watching the cousins and whatnot when the parents would go off and do whatever. So uh, not used to that, but that's okay. Um, is what it is. Some, somebody has to be the adult in the room. That's probably why I ended up always being insane. Nick is 100% going to say Josie Jewell to the topic here about underrated Broncos. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> Ethan, I'll say most overrated Josie Jewell. Maybe I, maybe I think he's underrated because of how much Ethan disparages him. Uh, Luke Wright coming in saying good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Win the day. Absolutely win the day. Let's win the Thursday so we can get on to Friday. Um, God bless <laughs> Joe Webster saying controversial answer, Randy Gregory. We'll get to that in a bit, guys. Um, <laughs> Clee always, Clee always cracks me up. Jacob Bobemeyer, uh, for his answer. How about, uh, Jojo Dunk, Jojo Duncan, Jojo Dunbar, the Broncos signed like a small fullback tight end from, uh, I said Pat Shermer for offense, but Pat I got, Shermer. I got booed and hissed and all. So Ugh, that's not what you want. <laughs> that's uh we don't, we don't talk about Bruno. Uh, that's, EJ, what, that's what, that's what Ethan said. We don't use yeah. that name around here. No, it's uh same with. We're going to put that all in a box and just going to forget it happened. Um, EJ coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Thank you so much, EJ. Michael Ronquillo coming in here saying, good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Let's ride. Bama X is in here. Joe also saying, we're the GOAT. Thank you. I also shout out yesterday from Ryan on Twitter saying, what's your favorite podcast show? And he said that uh, Broncos for breakfast was one of his favorites. And he always comes away feeling a little more smart. So uh I think that says more about Ryan, where he's starting it. And I'm, the best way to make fans is to disparage the guys who compliment. No, Ryan, we appreciate that if you're listening. Um, we also got my Diamond saying, uh, where's my food? What are we eating? Uh, I thought you were supposed to bring donuts this week. Diamond, what's going on? I got on? the coffee. I got plenty of coffee. I promise you that. So come on over. I'll pour you a cup right out of the French press. Actually, this one's still too hot to drink, so I can still share. This one's ready to go. There's at least a shot in there left. Uh, looks good. I, I didn't drink coffee until grad school, like an idiot. I didn't. Um, I was later than that. I I actually didn't drink caffeine from like age twenty five to thirty five, hmm. um, and then uh, and then read that you know caffeine is actually a good um, appetite suppressor. So when you're working out of the house, it's real easy to snack all damn day. Yeah. So instead of that two o'clock snack, I go have a second cup of coffee. So 
it helps. Oh man, that's that's good to know. Maybe that's why I've, I've lost weight since college. Maybe it's all the beer that I stopped drinking. But uh, it's morning all. <laughs> Hope you all doing great. From CC in the house, Kayleon Green's also in the house. Good to see you, Dom. Good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos, uh, and Broncos country, Denver Broncos for life. Flying, uh, falling sloth saying howdy from the drive time. Good to see you. And uh, you looked like you were pulling one up too. I accidentally clicked over you. Did. Uh, I wanted to hit Jacob, the silent one, coming in with some big stars. And Andrew Lampy also coming in with some big stars. So support right out of the gate on Facebook. Um, Tim Hoffman, I'm going to give him a shout out. He came in with big stars on Facebook yesterday, mm. uh, pushing us towards that goal where we, we, were, we missed goal last last uh, month, month for the first time. And um, But uh, Tim Hoffman coming in and then Andrew and Jacob coming in, uh, getting us kicked off today. Because there's two shows today, obviously. Yeah, There's Broncos for – actually, there's – two shows almost every day during the week now yeah um broncos for breakfast and then uh, the huddle up tonight so kicking us off kicking us kicking us off right yeah absolutely and jeremy says that uh, broncos for breakfast is really starting to cook and i think evening people are catching on and uh, broncos for breakfast the most underrated podcast broncos podcast period well that's really nice of you to say jeremy we appreciate that uh jeremy bales also coming in saying what's up go broncos good to see you jeremy greg smith always love to say hello to greg smith as well and uh, Kayleon, I think I already said hello, but I always like to see Kayleon going on here. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, we're talking the most underrated Broncos here. And um, what spurred this was there was a PFF article just less than a week ago where they listed the 32 teams and the most underrated player on each team. And shout out to PFF for doing stuff like that. Easy content. God bless you. <laughs> good things to talk about and write about. Well, it's good for them. We're all yeah. going to link it back to you and send you over to PFF and it, it yep. drives traffic for them. It, it yep. lets us specialize on a team based type of thing. So it's, it's good for everybody. So thank you. Yep. Thank you, PFF. And hopefully we are able to uh, send you a little traffic with link backs too. hundred percent. No, I uh Kendall Valadzuena, uh, who was on our show with her, the Mile High Insider, said that she really liked that as well, <laughs> that we tend to do that, that I didn't do that. So mm -hmm. shout out to her. She actually is moving on to another site, Fantasy Pros, I think. Um, but uh, Good that's, for her. The, that's this business, right? So uh, moving on here, um, Pro Football Focus article from Sam Monson, uh, who's up there at Pro Football Focus, listed the most underrated Bronco player as, surprisingly to me, uh, Justin Simmons. And uh, he said that Simmons is one of the very best safeties in the game. He posted a career best 90.7 PFF grade back in 2019 that really set the bar for how good he can be. And though he hasn't quite repeated that season, he has been consistently impressive since. Simmons is an excellent free safety with the range to make plays and coverage, but he also impacts the run game far more than most at his position. He is averaging more than 25 defensive stops across the past three seasons, far more than a typical free safety. Um, so Justin Simmons being most underrated is interesting to me, and maybe this is a situation of being too close uh, to the team itself rather than the national perspective. Uh, but he is incredible, uh, an incredible safety. And I'm hoping that with Russell Wilson coming to town, more people will get eyes on him and not only understand how good of a player Justin Simmons is, but also how good of a person uh, Justin Simmons is as well. So shout out to him. He should get his flowers. And that's part of it, actually. You know, yeah. when you talk about, you know, he's never been in the playoffs, has he? So, no. you know, a lot of times you're watching, unless you're on a national, sh you know, one of the, which the Broncos will be this year, one of the national broadcasts, people aren't watching you. You're yeah. watching your team. You're probably watching Sunday night, Monday night football. You might be watching Thursday night football. That's it. I'm not, I'm not going out of my way to watch, uh, watch the Broncos play a, a 500, a 500 team that's not going to make the playoffs. So he has been toiling away in relative anonymity. And I'm going to look at this and say, 
He's a Pro Bowl caliber safety who has made the Pro Bowl that didn't make the Pro Bowl. So from a Nationals perspective, he's not on the tip of everybody's tongue. He's not the guy that people are talking about. And he's got a chance to do that this year, and he should embrace it. Yeah. No, it's 100%. Um, and not only with Justin, or excuse me, uh, Russell Wilson coming to town for Justin Simmons and uh, underslept and underrated should be the tagline. <sighs> Just a working man over here. You caffeinated. Know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, over. We can get that <laughs> in there somewhere too. Definitely over caffeinated. God, I, uh, I chug a cup when I wake up in the morning because otherwise I uh, <laughs> have a hard time. Um, but no, it's good. Uh, thank you so much. We appreciate that, guys. Really nice, kind words. Uh, but Justin Simmons, back to Justin Simmons. He not, I wouldn't say he is underrated for the Broncos nationally. I mean, he's a two-time all-pro player. He's one that the Broncos keep pushing out there before Russell Wilson has like the face of the franchise. Uh, but he should explode this season um, from a the situation around him. Last season, he had multiple things. Last two seasons, honestly, he had multiple things going against him. Number one thing for the last two seasons was the anemic offense. We'll just call it as it is uh, that other teams were not respecting. I go back to the Bengals game last year. The Bengals were averaging like a turnover and a half a game up to that point. And like, okay, the Broncos should be able to, you know, take the ball the way a few times. Bengals just sat on it. You know, they did the water, or excuse, the water boy thing where, you know, they're just kneeling it essentially because um, they had no respect for the Broncos offense. So therefore they just, you know, how you like my new offense. Yeah. God. <laughs> um, so that, that should be better this season because the Broncos offense should be improved to the point where, there's going to be more times, especially in the third and fourth quarter, where teams feel like they have to play keep up. They have to press the envelope a bit, push the ball vertically, and put the ball in harm's way some uh, to get more explosive plays. That should be good for Justin Simmons, who has got a nose for the football. So I'm excited for that. Uh, go ahead. It's going to be an attack-minded defense, that, yes. and it's going to be much more fun for everybody. There, there's going to be some, at the very worst case, it'll look like the first Vegas game last year, the Raiders, mm -hmm. where what, – what, uh, Derek Carr averaged like, you know, 25 yards per completion or yeah. something ridiculous. Yeah. That's the worst case scenario. The best case scenario is you get, might give up more big plays, but you're going to have more big plays. You're going to have shorter drives. You're going to have more turnovers. You're going to have more sacks. You're going to have more explosive plays on defense. And, and again, you might give up a big play here or there. Yeah. Okay. But man, I'd rather watch that than watch this six yards on first down, third and one, first down, you know, short pass, second and eight. You know, it's just these these 12, 13, 14 play drives that are just they're numbing and they win games for sure. You That's how you yeah. beat the Denver Broncos last year. Just take your time. Take yeah. your time. They're not going to come after you. I'm going to methodically move my way down. They're not going to score on me. I get 21 points. I'm probably going to win. Yeah, 100 percent. And uh, we had Luke Wright coming in and saying most underrated Justin Simmons. And then he also said, I knew it. Oh, well, well, it wasn't the title or not in the title, but in the bodies. But uh, we'll, we'll pretend you didn't read that far down. Um, but, uh, and Jeremy coming in with a little bit of heat here saying Simmons is a bit overrated. That's because people think he is the best safety in the league. Um, that might ahead. be a Denver perspective. Uh, like mm -hmm. I said, when I think over uh, underrated, there's so many ways. And that was one of the questions I can't, I think it was Bama X that said, you know, how are we talking about this? And there's different criteria. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when I have my answer for defense, you guys are going to be like, what? And I'll explain it. Yeah. I'll explain it. Absolutely. So we'll get back to Jeremy's comments here because where does Simmons rank is an interesting thought as well. Uh, Glenn Hare over on Facebook saying, got my tickets for week three against the Niners. Awesome. That's going to be a great game. I'm excited for that one. That should be a, that should be a fun one. Uh, lifelong Broncos fan. This is my first game at mile high. Can't wait. I uh, can't wait. Unlike Nick Broncos have won every game I've been to. So hopefully that doesn't So Nick's change. giving you his tickets to the Seahawks game. So make your plans for Seattle because uh, uh, Nick's giving you the tickets. 
Seattle is uh, beautiful in September, and with the La Nina that we've had this year, I'm, I'm thinking that our chance for wildfire smoke has gone down a lot, so uh, we'll take that. You never know, but um, I'll, we'll take that. September should be great. Uh, Gary Leeds Palmer coming in with the support over on Facebook. Thank you so much, Gary, pushing us towards our star goal for this month, saying, uh, good morning, Nick and Scott. Good morning, Broncos country. You guys are the best. Go Broncos. Let's ride. We appreciate you, Gary. No, you're, you're the best. The best. And then also Mark, man, we got the, the heavy hitters. Back. That's why I was a um, Eurus plural. You y'all, y'all, all y'all, all y'all, <laughs> y'all is the most inclusive word. Um, I love it. It makes sense. It's, yes, you know, I mean, you, you mean you or you, youans, just yeah. all y'all. I also really like folks. Folks is there's something whimsical about folks, y'all, folks. Uh, Mark Schrader, good morning to you, Ethan. I'll say, and I forgot to say good morning to everyone. Just chimed right on in on the topic. You chimed in to just tease me. No doubt about right it. in, throwing out your hot takes. Hello. Muma. <laughs> Muma. Got uh, Heath Holmes coming. Good morning. Nick and Scott from Wisconsin listening in from enemy Packer territory. I wouldn't call the Packers enemies, but you are an enemy Badger territory. Um, so that's one for me. That's a, I have Badger envy. No doubt about that. Oh, but I also wanted to say hello to tall, dark and Mexican saying, what's up fellas catching y'all at the airport, heading to Mexico for some hitching. If that's your hitching, then congratulations. Or somebody close to you, then a uh, shout out to you. Uh, appreciate the work y'all put in. Let's ride hashtag at waters army as well. Um, so that's awesome. And uh, Glenn saying, Nick, I'll fly out to Seattle. Just let me know. Yeah, those tickets, <laughs> they, I think they're the most expensive tickets in the entire NFL this season. Um, I think I read that that week one, Denver at Seattle is the most expensive ticket. So uh, that's a, that's I felt a Monday it. night game too, right? Mo- Monday. Monday night. Okay. Monday night, week one. Yeah, that'll be a fun night. <sighs> yeah. Yep. I'm already dreading having to stay up that late. Yeah. I mean, God, I'm going to be, I'll be there. I'm dreading trying to get out of there. <laughs> this is the well, then we turn around to Broncos for breakfast the next morning too. Oh man. I just won't sleep. It's all good. Um, Corey saying when I went to Seattle, it's working for a living. That's what I always say. You know, yeah. it, it beats, it beats having to work for a living. It's, you know, talking sports. Okay. I'll stay up late and get up early. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I, yeah, exactly. Um, people are like, Oh, you wake up and do a show at six 30. I'm like, I'm, I get to talk football at six 30 in the morning. Like I'm blessed. Um, Corey Johnson saying when I went to Seattle, everything smelled like fish. I'm sorry about that. I'll make sure to shower next time. Boy, you really um, don't want to go walk through the streets of Manhattan in the summertime then. Yeah. God, you'll be That's wishing it. it smelled like fish. I, I actually quick story on this cigarette smoke used to drive me berserk. I, the yeah. smell of cigarette smoke used to just trigger me for, I don't even like that word. The word trigger triggers now, but I used to, just hate it. The streets in Manhattan smell so bad that I actually began to appreciate the smell of cigarette smoke that would cover it up. So now I smell cigarettes. I'm like, ah, that's nice. It's crazy. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Seattle's uh, Seattle's not so bad. If it, all, if it all smelled like fish, there's other places to go. Yeah. God, now you got me craving some uh, some salmon. One of my favorite restaurants out here. I'll give them a free shout out. It's out in Ballard. Um, actually, Natalie and I were out here, my wife, uh, after we got engaged and uh, had dinner at Ray's Boathouse. It overlooks the Puget Sound. God, they have incredible, incredible fish. So uh, beautiful I'm spot. I was early there. So I'll walk from yeah. the market all the way down, basically as far as I can go, two, three miles in the morning while the sun's coming up over the sound. It's 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 pretty nice. Seattle's, Seattle's a good walking, a very good walking uh, town. Yeah, it is. Yep, 100%. So uh, moving along here, back to Justin Simmons. Listed as underrated. That's a little bit surprising to me. Um, but uh, where do you think he does rank as far as the top safeties in the NFL? Um, Kai's I don't know the safeties enough. Let me see what where uh, – let me get some names. You know, I, I don't know the teams 
yeah. well enough to to get into that as far as saying oh that guy or this guy i'm just i'm not yeah. good enough at that yet give me another year or two and we'll be all right but at least at least one more year but i, I don't pay attention to enough of the rest of the league i quit playing fantasy football for that reason like i don't <laughs> yeah. want to be watching the the 1 a.m game on monday night to see if my backup tight end picks up three extra points for a tuesday game i want to go to bed i've already watched <laughs> 17 games by now so but um now that I don't watch college as much anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I can pour myself more into the NFL thing and and get an idea of who is whom. Yeah. Uh, for me, two names that come to mind immediately uh, that I would put over Justin Simmons. Uh, number one is if he's healthy, then he's the best safety in the game, but that's the kicker. That's Derwin James. I mean, Derwin James is a, f- a freak. He is so good. I'm really curious to see what his role looks like this year uh, for the chargers, but uh, he moves different, different power. I mean, he's absolutely incredible. Um, Love Derwin James, just a phenomenal player. Uh, the other one that stands out to me is uh, Kevin Byard, uh, the safety from the Titans. Uh, he's just constantly uh, intercepting the ball. One of the best free safeties in football. Played at Middle Tennessee State, I want to say. Enjoyed him coming out there as well. So uh, he's. I would put those two above Justin Simmons. After that, I mean, you have an argument for like Micah Hyde, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, some of these other guys, but Justin Simmons is right there. So him being underrated, I am, I'm, I'm fine with that overall. Oh, and uh, good call, Fallen Soth, another name here. Uh, Jesse Bates um, over in Cincinnati deserves a shout out also. And what's funny, all those guys you mentioned, that's why it's hard to go. The highest one on that list of PFF grades last year was Derwin James at nine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, again, and I haven't, I don't know most of these guys. I, I didn't watch Tennessee play, but half of one game last year, Kevin Byard. I know that's Antoine incredible. Winfield in uh, Tampa Bay, Amani Hooker. A Hawks name. It's a Hawkeye. <laughs> uh, Javon Holland, number four. Ouch. That one hurts. Um, that was the one that uh, the, the the Falcons should have had instead of uh, Richie Grant. But you got – the Broncos ended up getting um, Javante Williams because of that move. Yeah. Uh, Micah Hyde, another one. There's three out of no. five Iowa guys here. I mean, two out of the top five yeah. are uh, Iowa guys. players at safety. Yep. Uh, and real quick, what time do uh, – Nick and I are on. Make sure you're following us um, because – we haven't quite settled on a time with beckoning the Broncos starting now at 8 a.m. Um, mountain time on Wednesdays. We might do uh, we might do 7 a.m. We have been doing the same time as Broncos for breakfast, 7:30. Yeah. Um, but in order to to accommodate another show, we are going to start a half hour earlier. However, that puts a strain on Nick because 6 a.m. Pacific is really early. 6:30 is early enough, but 6 a.m. is really early. Uh, we might move to Mondays. We might add a show. We might do some other things. But right now, um, put in your mind 7 a.m. Wednesday mornings. Thanks yeah. for asking. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, Jeremy commenting on Justin Simmons. And Simmons has great athleticism, especially his vertical. Uh, doesn't hit super hard, doesn't strike fear in receivers, but is a good tackler. I personally prefer an Atwater Lynch Dawkins type of safety. So you're looking for a headhunter, um, somebody who can kill, which is fine. Um, Closer to Kareem Jackson. Yeah, yeah, uh, true. I want, I want the safety to put fear in the quarterbacks. Yeah, that, that's what I want. I want them to say, I don't want to throw that direction. Yeah. Um, getting the hard hitter is easier to find than getting the guy with the, the instincts to cover. Yeah. Um, but, but again, with two safeties, get them both. Yep. Get them both. I'm going to push back on this a little bit on you. I think the game um, has where the game is right now, it used to be the, the, the date back 10 years, Legion of Boom, heyday. Uh, you have cover three centric uh, Seattle Seahawks out there and they are living with 
as dichotomized or as separate type of safeties as possible. Earl mm-hmm. Thomas and Cam Chancellor, totally different. Um, and they were living in cover one, cover three all the time. Today's NFL, though, I would say is different Um, because you're having way more two deep safety shells, specifically free uh, free snap, and you don't want to tip your hand. So like the Seahawks, they were fine playing like a stagnant coverage where you knew Earl Thomas was going to be the canopy safety and uh, Cam Chancellor was going to play in the box. Even if it was pre-snap too high, they were going to rotate down there. In today's NFL, you want to disguise it um, way more where both those safeties, not only are they coming down and playing the D gap, uh, they can play too high. Um, bo- uh, both can come down. Uh, you can split. You can roll one down. One can be a buzz uh, is what they call it. Uh, and Vic Fangio specifically has done this a lot uh, with his safeties up front. It's one of the reasons that they play the uh, the tilt front along the line of scrimmage so they can run these type of safeties. You didn't push back that much on me. Uh, what I said was I'd rather have the cover these days yeah. because one, yeah. uh, the ball is in the air so much more. And yep. two, you're not allowed to hit like that anymore. No, that's true. So too. The, for me, the, the coverage is going to be a bigger factor than having those big hitters out there. Yeah. Uh, my my impact players in tackling, I want on the edge. I want yeah. my pass rushers. Um, I, I would rather I would I would go more towards the coverage ability for mm-hmm. sure in today's NFL than mm-hmm. I would uh, the, the the hard hitters. It's just a, it's a different game. Yeah. And uh, just circling back to how the game has been changing, too. I mean, the more you it used to be talking about the safeties with the uh, in the Legion of Boom era, you wanted to have a guy who was super niche specific dominant in one area. I think the game has changed now where you're trying to disguise and guys who can do everything. You want your coverage guys to be able to blitz. You want your edge rushers to be able to drop back sometimes. It's, it has to do a simulated Big, fast and instinctive of plays in any era at yeah. any time. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Smart players always play a bit and lengthy players, which Justin Simmons definitely is. So he'll be good there. But I think this, um, talking about 2019 being his best season, 2019 was the first season of Vic Pangio in Denver as well. And I think Justin Simmons is perfect in this defense, it's living much more in a match quarters world or a quarter, quarter, half uh, cover six. Some people call it as well. So um, where you can play, sometimes he can drop down and play over the slot. Sometimes he'll come down and play the safe, uh, the box, or he'll play single high or too high. And he is versatile enough to do that. I don't think he is. He's not Earl Thomas in the single high type of defense, but he's much better coming down and playing uh, that robber or a buzz uh, rule from that safety spot as well. So I'm excited to see what this defense can be. I'm hoping that it's somewhat similar to Vic Fangio's last year as far as the coverage schematics. I think it's going to be a little different. I think you're going to see more simulated pressures with uh, cover one looks on the backside. And we actually started to see that transition last year um, from the Broncos. But either way, great player. Uh, The other thing about Simmons is that the Broncos pass rush should be that much better this season. Broncos had the second worst pass rush in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus and ESPN's pass rush win rate, uh, losing Von Miller and Bradley Chubb for most of the season and replacing them with two seventh round picks and an undrafted free agent. We'll do that to you. Um, So this season, it should be better. That should help Justin Simmons as well, because any defensive player will tell you pressure up front is what makes a difference as far as getting your hands on a lot of those footballs. And H break back Z one. You need a nickname. What do, what do we call you? <laughs> HB, uh, break back, break back works. I think that works. Uh, so Justin Simmons was number one over the last two seasons, has the number one overall PFF grade at the position. His only safety has put up a 90 over that time, a 90 plus. I find that a little hard to believe because he was a 74.8 last year. Uh, there is no math that averages him up to a 90 over uh, the last two seasons. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe they met in coverage. He was... Um, a 77 in run defense and a 70.1 in uh in in what's that one? 
pass rush, okay, and then a 73.4 in coverage. So um, not if you figure there's 32 safeties like him, I know they're counting, you know, probably double yeah. 64. They didn't think that much of him last year, honestly. So having him, considering him underrated, isn't uh, isn't that's a pretty good shout. I think he's better than that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you there. And uh, I listened to a good... He was a 77.4. In 2019 overall, he was a 90.7. So uh, over the past two seasons, he's been right around 76 uh, aggregated. Yeah. No, that's a a good call. And the thing also, uh, Pro Football Focus, and I listen to a good bit of podcasts and radio bits and whatnot because I'm doing sometimes (laughs) some mindless uh, administrative work at my job. So I can listen to podcasts at two times speed and uh, consume some information. And I think it was Mike Renner who said specifically himself that the weakest grade that pro football focus does is the coverage grades because they don't know the assignments and that's not as predictive and they're trying to improve it over time. I think they're going to try to get into the GPS data game, um, but there's that's the weakest grade um, that pro football focus has. And they would even tell you that safeties even more so um, are weaker because their assignments are tough to see. Like, you don't yeah, know you don't a know lot of times. In, you don't, unless they're in straight man, you don't know what's yeah. going on. Yeah, it's much easier to evaluate specifically the running backs and the trench players because their matchups are uh, replicable and easy to see. And it's kind of similar assignments over and over again, where safety, it's kind of like a center fielder playing defense, you know, maybe four times a game. uh, And if they get the right break there, but the sample size is much smaller. So we'll see. Um, Michael coming in saying the Ravens safety, Kyle Hamilton could be the next bright safety in the NFL the next five years during his uh, fifth year option, Kyle Hamilton, for sure. You're going to tugging at Scott's heartstrings a bit. I know that that would have been his call there at nine. Uh, I think Daxon Hill is going to be great too. I cannot wait to see what Daxon Hill and Jesse Bates can do uh, for that Bengals defense. Daxon Hill is one that you talk about versatility while we were talking about Justin Simmons being able to play the box, the slot too high, single high. I don't know if you want Daxon Hill so much in the box per se, but he can play boundary as well. He's that level of athlete. Uh, So love Daxon Hill. I'm glad that he did not end up on the chiefs. You figure Baltimore and you look at Ed Reed, you know, as uh, you you want to talk about, you know, great safeties headed to the Ravens. Uh, What are the comparisons there? And Ed Reed was a nine time pro bowler at 5'11", 205 pounds. If you're looking at him coming out, there's probably all those knocks, this and that, not enough length, heights of concern, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Kyle Hamilton's got all that in spades. I mean, he's he's six, four, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he's he's light outside linebacker size. Mm-hmm. Um, about six four, two hundred and twenty pounds. So he could be a a flat out difference maker because he's got the athleticism. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's fast enough. Yeah. Um, and he's got he could be a lot of fun to watch. And somehow those guys keep going to the Ravens. How do the Ravens keep having these awesome defenses? Well, because you got the Lions and the Falcons passing up game changers for wide receivers every year. Yeah. Yep. And then. Uh pissing off Lamar Jackson, but it worked, tends to work for them. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, Kyle Hamilton will be great. Um, also, we have Jay Valentine saying Tim Patrick always going to be underrated. Hopefully not always, because that means that uh, he's not uh, dominating in the league next year with Russell Wilson. But I don't know if I would say Tim Patrick is overrated for Broncos country anymore. I feel like he's talked up as much as Cortland Sutton. And I hear people talk about Tim Patrick more than I hear them talk about Cortland Sutton. And I think Cortland Sutton's the best receiver on this team. So, if anything, I think Cor- uh, Cortland Sutton's now become the underrated player. Tim Patrick has the underrated label because he was an undrafted free agent, kind of kicked around the league and la, 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 la. But uh, Broncos country, you guys bring him up enough that uh, I don't know if I would categorize him as that. And even um, they bring him up as a, the way even when the national people talk about him is like, they have Cortland Sutton, they have Jerry Judy. 
Tim Patrick, don't forget about him. So it's like, it's like a bit now that he's underrated and it's become to the point where I don't think he is underrated anymore. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully again, always, you know, he puts yeah. up a thousand yard season. Nobody's going to talk about him being underrated. So um, you, we, we've talked plenty about Justin Simmons and PFF's choice. So who's your choice for on defense for, for underrated on defense? Well, I had uh, two defensive players that I, I wrote an article Um I think Chad will probably have it out today just talking about this. And uh, I think that there, I wrote th- about three players and I should have written about another one. I actually was in the shower yesterday working or after, after work and uh, working in the shower, you know how it is. Um, and I was like, oh, I can't believe I didn't mention this guy because that's my dude. Um, but number one, I'm going to say is uh, thinking about him in the shower. <laughs> no, cut that and just completely out of context and post it working in the shower. That's my dude working. In- that's my dude. No, um, <laughs> God, uh, number one here, um, that I think Ooh. is very underrated is uh, Ronald Darby. <laughs> I'm gonna go Ronald Darby. Um, he is a very good, very good corner. Um, when he's healthy and on the field, that's the big thing that's kind of the Derwin James effect there. Best ability is availability, but Ronald Darby is one of the better cornerback twos in the league. I think he's somewhat overshadowed because Broncos country is coming off of the Legion of Boom, uh, which had a lot of big personalities, which Ronald Darby's a little bit quieter. Um, he also was a not the the flash signing or two off seasons ago. Cause they brought in Kyle Fuller, who much people knew uh, much better. And uh, they also in the same class as a, uh, or same time as when Tim or Patrick Sertan came in. So people don't really think about Ronald Darby that much. He pro football focus just also released another article talking about the highest uh, rated press def- cornerbacks last season. Ronald Darby was number one in the NFL in a passer rating win in press snaps, very good cornerback. Um, just 28 years old. Still came in the league, super young. And, um, incredibly talented when he can be on the field. So I really like uh, Ronald Darby. I think he deserves a little bit more hype than even uh, Broncos country has given him. All right. Mine will surprise you because you'll be like, like I said, it was, it'd be like, how can you even pick this guy? But for me, it's Patrick Sertan. So Mm. what are your criteria for, uh, for underrated? So it depends on where you're looking. If I'm looking at pro football focus, which is where we started. And I look down and it takes me a long time to scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. Crap, I can't find him. Control F, let me put in yeah. Sertan, and he was 39th. 39th in the NFL amongst cornerbacks. That's underrated. Um, so much of the fact that I think that the the folks at PFF realized that, hey, you know, our system's not perfect. You know, Kendall came on, and she, she talked about that. You know, there's some of these things you take with a grain of salt, and mm-hmm. Nick just mentioned the coverage grades can be tough. Um, that they put him in their top player, top 25 players under 25 years old. As the 39th corner, really? Okay. That, that tells that me say? that you, your eyes are telling you, let your eyes tell you. I love data. I love all the things I can do, but I also want to verify. Trust, but verify. He was better than that. Well, how much better? He should have been a pro bowler, right? No, he wasn't. So when we're talking about a 22-year-old kid, he just turned 24, 22 last month, one of the youngest corners in the NFL. And he's coming off a really, really good season. The upside on him is, is huge. Mm-hmm. That I think that from a national perspective, I do think he was uh, because he, he wasn't chosen. He wasn't getting any PFF love. He wasn't getting any Pro Bowl love. That's where most people look around the country. That Pat Sertan is coming into this season underrated. Yeah. You know, you might be, I think you're right about that. And Sertan, for me, um, I wrote about this on another pro football article, but you talked about the under 25 uh, years old. The Sertan pick at the time had somewhat of a dark cloud over it because of the questions at quarterback. And Mm -hmm. I am a a quarterback nihilist when it comes to football perspective. Your team doesn't mean bleep uh, if you don't have the quarterback. So if you're bypassing that, you can have the best cornerback in the world. If you don't have the quarterback, 
cool, fun. That's like having good tires on a car with no engine. Um, so now the Broncos are the quarterback, Russell Wilson, obviously. So that makes it much more interesting, and we can enjoy that pick a lot more without having those questions. It's kind of like the the stuff that surrounded Bradley Chubb early on. It's like, well, Bradley Chubb, you know, great rookie season, a lot of sacks, but you still don't have the quarterback. You know, you're, you're out there playing with Case Keenum, and that's horrific. Uh, so not in that situation anymore. We can fully appreciate Sertan. I agree with you, him being underrated. I think he's a top 10 uh, cornerback in uh, f- football entering the season at just 22 years old. 40? Yeah. Yep. 100%. So he'll be a lot better this season. Also another guy who should benefit from uh, better pass rush and better offense on the other side of the ball for the Broncos. So um, other guy here that I want to, I want to give two more shout outs on the defensive side of the ball. A uh, guy who I think is very underrated nationally that even Broncos country underrates, but I don't think people kind of appreciate what he's bringing to the table as much. And that's Draymond Jones. Uh, Draymond Jones, I think is one of the top 10 to 15 interior pass rushers in football. Um, what he does at about 285 pounds in the interior is incredible. He's got inc- great hands, uh, great leverage. Uh, he's slippery on the inside and he's actually considering his smaller size, pretty good against the run. I think he was top 10 last year in uh, pressures per uh, pass rush snap. And along the interior defensive line. And that was with the Broncos having bad offense with the Broncos having horrible edge rushers with the Broncos having bad linebacker play in the middle of the season. He's still getting it done. So Draymond Jones is one that I, I guess it's a good thing that he's not getting the national attention because he's going to have a contract soon. And I think that's going to speak volumes. Uh, But Draymond is an incredible player. And he's the one I was thinking about yesterday. I'm like, I can't believe I did not include Draymond Jones because I love Draymond. He's a phenomenal player. He deserves more hype. Yeah, and, and Mark agrees with you on Darby. Uh, yeah. Would have been my choice also. Again, we talk about – we went on Monday, we went through um, the contracts mm-hmm. and what it would cost. And this was during the show. Uh, I don't remember his name, but got a big contract recently. Um, uh, J.R. Alexander. Thank you. Got a, got a big contract at over $20 million a pop. And we were mm-hmm. talking about who could be contract casualties. Ronald Darby is worth – 12 million a year if he's yeah. playing at that level. So even though he's got a, a a small dead cap number, which makes him vulnerable, his salary is not completely out of the question. Depend yeah. if he's playing at a, a decent level, a 10, $12 million a year cornerback is worth it for a good number too. Uh, especially with Sertan will still be on his rookie deal. So um, yeah. I, I think uh, he may have come in. He may have been a victim of expectations a little bit because um, I don't think he played that poorly on the whole last year. Um, not like Fuller. I thought Fuller got yeah. off a really rough start, and you know there was no talk about him bringing back Darby. I think Darby's got a, a good chance to uh, to come back. Uh, so thank you for the support, Mark. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Mark. Darby's great. And the thing about the contract that you bring up there is uh, it gives the Broncos leverage for renegotiation. Sure. You know, he has very little guaranteed money. So what do you do? You tack on an extra year. You lower that cap hit a bit to give yourself some flexibility. And uh, then you move forward with him for an extra year of control. I know that he is approaching. He does have an injury history. So you don't you want to see what this year looks like first. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he is approaching that 30 year old mark, which is horrifying for a uh, cornerback. Unfortunately, I'm I can't play in the I never, never was going to play cornerback in the league, but now I'm 30. I'm useless. Uh, <laughs> but uh, definitely he's, he's a really good player. Um, deserves some hype. I know what I was going when you were talking about Draymond Jones. I, I kind of went off on my Darby and lost my train of thought here. Totally. Um, Draymond Jones, uh, you hit on it. I'm just going to reiterate and give another example. Um, he was play- the edge on the outside of him wasn't as good as you'd hoped. You didn't have yeah. um, the Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Pro Bowl type of contingent on the outsides. Yep. 
Mike Purcell was paid less than your freaking specialists, you know, Andrew. next to him. Yeah. So Grady Jarrett, who just got a big contract in a similar position in a three, four with the Atlanta Falcons, there was a, there was a clip of him when he was mic'd up and he was triple teamed yeah. and Grady comes up and he goes, damn, y'all don't have anybody else to block. And you know, my immediate answer was no, 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 no you, they don't, they, they don't. So they can put three guys on him. So Draymond Jones, while his numbers were down and he got the contract, blah, 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 or he hasn't got any, that was Shelby. Um, yeah. He, uh, I think we're going to see a different Draymond Jones this year. I, I think yeah. he was a victim of, it is tough. Being a, an interior lineman in a three, four is a son of a gun position. It's a blue yeah. collar position. And your job is really just to eat up space and hold the hold two blockers while everybody flows around you. Um, He can do more than that. And I think if, uh, if Chubb's healthy, you get Benito coming in as a specialist, Randy Gregory on the other side that we should see more from Draymond Jones. That's a good shout. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see what Broncos we talking about it, but even like the Broncos on third down had not very good down a distance. So they couldn't get in anything exotic and let him, you know, pin his ears back. They had to kind of play, play the run, to the quarterback, like really uh, gap integrity uh, with the run defense first because the Broncos were having to play against the run because they didn't have leads. And uh, they had a lot of third and shorts that they were going up against the last year. Hopefully not the case this year, but we'll see uh, max power coming in saying most underrated is Jonas Griffith. In my opinion, I, there's not enough out there for me to say that Jonas Griffith is underrated, but I will, I will put him in a different category. Dark horse. This, mm-hmm. I think he's a dark horse this season for somebody who could become an impact player that I mean, could end up being the linebacker too, uh, depending on what they want to do with Baron Browning this season. So uh, definitely a uh, could be underrated, but I don't think there's enough out there for me to categorize him as underrated yet. Put him as a, cause I saw Quinn Miners was mentioned earlier and mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't think he's not underrated. He didn't go, he, he played like a rookie last year, a good rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think of these guys as candidates for breakout players, not necessarily yeah. as uh, being underrated, but you know how I feel about Jonas Griffith. He's, he's huge. He's six foot four. He's probably knocking on the door at 250. He's listed at 240, I think, last year. Can run sideline to sideline. I like him. I like him a lot. And, and at the very least, this guy is a wrecking ball on special teams, for God's sakes. Um, yeah. He should have a job with the Denver Broncos for a long time if he, if he keeps progressing. I liked what I saw last year. Uh, if he can keep learning and keep progressing, you're pretty set at the linebacker position. You're hundred percent correct in that. Um, we also have a guy that I do want to shout out here. Sorry guys. Let's keep going on the defense here. Uh, hopefully Josie Jewell will put some respect on his name this year. Josie Jewell got a two year, $11 million contract and was one of the first players the Broncos bought, brought back. And they, even the new coaching staff coming in is raving about him as a uh, player and whatnot. So Josie is underrated by the fan base. Ethan. Um, but uh, he's, <laughs> he's never going to be incredible, but he is Mr. Consistency out there. Um, his biggest thing is, can he stay healthy? But he's never in the wrong position. He's the signal caller on the defense. And uh, what? why does Josie Jewell have a really high coverage grade for PFF? He's not out there being, you know, matching up in the slot versus wide receivers. That's not his game. But as a kind of just a hook zone, um, playing his area with uh, instincts and good processing and wrapping up and tackling the guys that do come into his sphere of influence, as we'll call it, Josie's one of the best in the league at that. Uh, he really is. So, He's underrated. I don't think that he's never going to be a flashy player, but uh, I would rather have, you know, integrity, consistency down to down from my linebacker than a guy like uh, Kenneth Murray, who makes an incredible play on the sideline for one play. And then the very next one 
is reads the RPO wrong and makes a huge gap. And then it's an 80 yard play in his gap. Um, that's Josie doesn't do that. So uh, the variance is low for Josie in a good way. He's a good player. He's not a great player, um, but I think he is underrated because I me mean, heck this might even be a hot take here, but I think there's an argument that Josie Jewel might be the best linebacker in the division. I mean, really, there's just not that many. There's other thing is there's just not that many great dominant linebackers in the league right now. So um, I don't know. Can you even name a linebacker in the AFC that you'd be like, oh, yeah, definitively guy, dude, I can't name another linebacker in the AFC period. Um, the only time I watch the AFC West is when they're playing the Broncos. Fair, fair. No, you know, Darius I'm, Leonard, I'm though. Go right? That's not AFC West. But. <laughs> um, so let's see. What was I going to say about Jewel? Jewel, last year, you know, I, I started this about mm-hmm. a year ago with y'all. And I didn't know the the Broncos very well. And, you know, the talk about Jewel coming in was blue collar guy can do a job, not flashy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when he started the season last year, he was going sideline to sideline. I saw much more than that. Uh, you know, he was going laterally very well and making plays. I'm like, this, this guy's better than he was being made out to be. And yeah. um, it was a shame that he got hurt because I thought he was having a really good year. And I'm glad he was taken care of. I, I think, you know, he came in the neighborhood of where he should have been. Maybe he gets a few extra million or two more if he plays, but he's a five or $6 million a year inside linebacker. And that's good money for him. And he can do a job. And and luckily, not luck. There's nothing lucky about tearing a pectoral, but yeah. it wasn't a, a lower body injury that could affect yeah. his limited uh, speed and athleticism anyway. So yeah. he should come back as as good if not better than he was last year yeah and i mean josie jewel the thing that stands about out about him is uh his three cone (laughs) his change of direction was like 97th percentile at the combine um my biggest you find your athletes with the the shuttle the three cone vertical jump vertical and broad jump the 40 is okay he's fast but you don't know there's a bunch of fast guys you're not going to know a whole lot about somebody based on a 4 4 40 and at the linebackers position specifically, we said it on here, but it's a head head up position first before the athleticism, anything as far as the, the size and the athleticism, obviously you want it, but if you are not instinctual and processing, you're not going to be a good player. It's kind of like a dumb quarterback with no accuracy. Oh, he's got a huge arm and he's a big athlete. Okay. But he can't read the field for field for bleep. And, uh, he's turfing at every other play. Like you got to have that other stuff first. And then everything else is nice after that. I always said a step of anticipation was worth a 10th of a second on a 40 time, yep. you know? Yep. So and that's good. Good for your inside linebackers. For for me, my number for, for middle linebackers was four, eight. If you could beat mm-hmm. four, eight, it's, it's a little bit different now, but for, yeah. you'd see guys that could play at a very high level who had four, eight forties. Yeah. Um, what was their size? What were their instincts? What was their attacking ability? What was their toughness? All that type of stuff. But that was my, we talk about thresholds. I wouldn't look at a guy under over four eight, but I would look at a guy four seven nine and below. So that was my yeah. threshold for inside linebackers. Yeah, my biggest uh, complaint about Josie Jewell coming out, honestly, it's not the athleticism or anything. I just wish he was a little bit bigger. <laughs> um, he's uh, he's a little bit smaller, you know, six one two thirty four, which is okay. But I'd rather have a little bit more length there, so that way you can be a little lighter or play less linebackers up front. Um, but again, he's you're talking about a guy who fell to the fourth round and uh, has been a a hit, a definite, definitive hit, considering he got a second contract. One of the few Broncos uh, drafted over the last four years that has earned a second contract uh, from the Denver Broncos. So shout out to him. Uh, I'm excited to see what he looks like this year. He's probably going to be one of the few linebackers uh, that we see up there. 
um, this season on the field. Uh, we have Ethan coming in saying, did we do offense underrated while my computer was spinning wheel? Not yet. Uh, we'll get to so, it. Uh, if, if you didn't see me type it in, um, this is a, <clears throat> a couple people and, and this is, believe it or not, we actually have a lot more people watching that actually contribute to the chat. That's just the way chat rooms have always been. You get about 10% of people contributing and a bunch of people lurking. So for those of you that are lurking and, or, or, you know, want to come in, I'm going to type in, we are live as soon as we start every day. Cause I know a few of you have gotten hit by the, the feed, not auto starting for you on YouTube while you're sitting in the room waiting. So uh, we're never more than 30 at the 33 mark of the hour. We're, we're never later than that. Um, except maybe once. And then I'll start at 35 after if, uh, yeah. if one of us is, you know, sleeping. One time in a year. Yeah, God, that's a lot of shows um, to uh, be that. But no, we're, let's get on the offensive guys now. Uh, underrated for me on the offensive side of the ball. I think we have a, this is a harder one um, because Broncos haven't been, the whole unit is kind of underrated because the quarterback and the offensive play calling has been subpar. I guess we'll use that word. That's a, that's a not super pointed word. Um, but uh, the underrated guy for me is one that the circumstance surrounding his his play in Denver, I think is one of the reasons he is underrated. And that for me is Melvin Gordon. Um, he has been a very good player for the Broncos here. He's one of the, the despite the Broncos' struggles of the, of the interior offensive line in the run game and the heavy box numbers um, that the Broncos face at, Broncos had a uh, higher, Broncos had more players in the box per snap than any team in the NFL last year. Part of that is because quarterbacks, but part of that is because Broncos had some good running backs. And Melvin Gordon still one of the least tackled for loss running backs in football. He's a really good pass protector. He's a solid receiver out of the backfield. Um, so I think I, uh, I think Melvin Gordon is an underrated player. Um, I'm happy to have him back and uh, hopefully he corrects some of his fumbles this year, but fumbles are fluky fumbles that happen are obviously dropping the ball is not as fluky. You want to work on that, but who gets the ball? It's kind of a 50, 50 coin flip and every ball Melvin Gordon fumbled last year. The other team got Javante Williams fumbled the ball twice last year and the Broncos recovered them could have easily been the other way. And we're sitting here talking, Oh, Javante Williams had some terrible fumbles, blah, blah, blah. It's, it can, it's a 50, 50 proposition once the ball is on the ground. So I'm expecting that to regress to the norm this season. All right. I've got, I think that's a good shot. I didn't even think of Melvin Gordon, but I agree with yeah. you. And I think part of it uh, was the contract yep. and part of it was the, um, that he was coming from the chargers. So he mm -hmm. had two strikes against him before he ever suited up, but he's been a very good player for the Denver Broncos. Yep. Um, Richard Miles, welcome in. Says, sorry, I'm lurking. We just found you guys. I want to check this out first. Well, welcome in. Hope you enjoy it. Don't be a stranger. Hit a like button. Um, yeah. So I have a question for you. Because okay. again, uh, if you were thinking fantasy football value, just quick off the top of your head, don't put too much thought into it. I know you want to overthink it. Where does Javante Williams, where would you rank him as far as, where should I take him in a draft um, You know, amongst running backs? Oh, probably in the 8 to 12 range. Okay. Running back order. The, the first one I looked up was 10. Okay. Um, Perfect. So I'm looking at 10. I'm like, I'd probably take him above Najee Harris. You know, I'd probably mm -hmm. take him above Alvin Kamara this year. I'd probably take him above Christian McCaffrey. You know, all three of those players were above him on this list. I'm like, well, that's underrated to me. Um, this will be a breakout season for him where you'll be lucky in a keeper league. If you can get him 10th, which might put him in the second round for you, Get him. If you yeah. are in Super League and you don't have Javante Williams and he's right there in the second round, draft him. Yeah. Because that's as low as you're going to get him for the next two or three years. So for me, I think uh I think he's a little bit underrated, underappreciated. It, it's uh it's such a 
flash in the pan. It's like the, the star burns brightly and then burns out. These running backs mm-hmm. burn hot, white hot, and then they burn out quickly. That um, I like, I love the idea of the running back split, um, of having a, a bigger room and making sure that Javante Williams is fresh and ready when you need him the most uh, yeah. in crunch time, down the stretch, playoffs. You know, ride him 25, 30 carries a game come playoff time. Fine. Or in a must-win game to lock up a bye. Hey, we're going to give you an extra 10 carries this week, and you're going to have next week off. Okay. Um, So I think Javante Williams is a little bit underrated um, because he had a good season. It's not like he was toiling on the lines of scrimmage or a reserve um, linebacker like Jonas Griffith, guys that we think can be dark horse guys. He, He carried the ball over 200 times and had, what, close to 900 yards? Uh, somewhere in that neighborhood, and he could be a 13, 1400 um, yards back this year, which would have put him second in the NFL last year. Yeah, I think for fantasy football specifically, if the Broncos didn't sign Melvin Gordon, we'd be talking mm-hmm. about Javante Williams top four. Um, but it's because of the Melvin Gordon vulturing touchdowns, especially, um, is a big one because he's yards between them, I think. Yeah, well, yep. okay, let's say you're gonna have the ball more often. This mm-hmm. year, you're going to have more plays on offense. And let's take that 1,800 and move it to 2,000 yards between them, okay? Yeah. I think that's doable over 17 over over 17 games. I think that split at worst becomes 1,200-800 at worst. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't disagree. I just think that for Williams specifically, the reason he's at 10 is because mm-hmm. of Melvin Gordon. And yeah. uh, the thing and about the running backs... Too. Yeah. You know, he came yeah. in last night, Nick. Uh, one of the questions, like in a, in a 17... In a 17-game season, you know, how many 2,000-yard rushers are you? We only had one guy go over yeah. 1,300 yards last year. Just one. Yep. Um, Jonathan Taylor. And he was 600 yards ahead of the next guy. He was at like 1,800, and the next guy was at 1,250. So it was 550 yep. and change. So the 30-carry-a-game running back is gone. Hell, the 25-carry-a-game running back is gone. Um, but 20 carries a game, 17 to 20. If he stays healthy, you're talking an extra 120 carries. That's yeah. 500 yards. Yeah. Um, but I'm again coming back to Melvin Gordon as my underrated guy, and you're kind of making a point here, and I can see it in the chat as well. Another reason Melvin Gordon is underrated is because of not just the contract he got, but the circumstances of the other running backs on the team when he has been here. First, Melvin Gordon has signed a big contract when local legend, you know, former CU buff Philip Lindsay's here, and that is seen as a insult to Philip Lindsay. A lot of player people it's bought also, into the has told us it was the right move too. Oh, absolutely. But that's mm-hmm. kind of, I'm talking the fan perspective here. Um, and a lot of fans thought Philip Lindsay was an incredible player and, uh, he has some limitations and we'll get into this in a second, Richard. Also awesome picture of an Eagle there, Richard. I uh, saw one at green Lake the other day. Um, oh, yeah, I can actually see, I think it's an Eagle. <laughs> I hope it's not your wife. That's an inside joke there. That's we had that one. Um, <laughs> He's new. Bald- he won't get that. Let's not make wife jokes yet. That's a mama joke. Yeah, God, that's a what a beautiful bald picture you have there. That's my wife. <laughs> oh, God. Um, no, the uh, so Broncos had uh, brought in Melvin Gordon with Philip Lindsay was here coming off back to back thousand yard seasons and getting paid nothing. So that's obviously somewhat seen as an insult to Philip Lindsay, who's getting paid diddly, uh, diddly. And uh, then you have Philip Lindsay moving on. So you already have Melvin Gordon kind of as an insult to Philip Lindsay and his prospects on the team and whatnot. 
So Bill Lindsay's gone. Okay, Melvin Gordon's time to shine. Fans can finally embrace him. Nope, shiny new thing. We're trading up for running back Javante Williams, who rightfully so is getting a lot of love because, God, he's a fun player, and he led the league last year in broken tackles, led the league in yards after contact per attempt. Um, he's going to be great this year. I'm really excited to see what he can look like. Hopefully his patience and his vision continue to improve, but I'm excited for him. But still, that just because you have Javante Williams, who is a better back, uh, more valuable back, in my opinion, than Melvin Gordon, doesn't make Melvin Gordon bad. He's underrated, and I'm really excited to have him on this team this year. And uh, the question from um, Richard saying here, why, why did uh, Lindsay didn't fumble? Why did they trade him? Lindsay was a, a good back in a very specific niche, but he was also a tell every time he was on the field, because you are going to have to line him up. He much better uh, lining up with the quarterback under center than the shotgun offense, which I think the Broncos going to play more of this year with the RPO centric Nathaniel Hackett. Um, Lindsay, you couldn't really flex him out. Not a great pass catcher out in the open field. I know he had a wheel route touchdown, but just overall, not very natural in space as a catcher, not a natural catcher of the football either. And a, God bless his heart, but 5'8", 170, he gets railroaded when he's asked to take a free rusher as a pass blocker. So you're not leaving him in there. You're not using him as a pass catcher. Guess what's happening when Philip Lindsay's on the field? You're running it. That's a tell. It's a major uh, strategic disadvantage. So Lindsey, great player when the Broncos had him. It's unfortunate he was a 24-year-old rookie getting paid nothing um, because they need to really come back and figure out these rookie running back contracts because these guys are getting used and abused. But it's the system we have right now. And uh, Lindsey's what now on his, I guess, on his fourth team in just over a year, contractually speaking. So mm-hmm. had a good time in Denver. Appreciate him while I was here. He, he definitely helped narrative-wise and excitement-wise during some dark times in Broncos country, but uh, this is the reality of a limited small running back uh, who doesn't bring much in the past game and is as small as he is. Gary coming in and said, I always feel like I learned something after watching Broncos for breakfast. Thanks guys. We'll appreciate you on that one um, with the stars as always VLP. Yeah. So you flatter us. Uh, I'm insecure, yeah. both insecure and vain. So flattery works wonders for me. Um, Toyin coming in. He says, I'd rather have Javante timeshare with Melvin and stay explosive. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned that, but I also want to get into some numbers for you here after a second. Rather than being great in fantasy football, getting a shed load of carries and burning out. So I have a question for you, Nick. Would you consider 20 carries a game too many for a running back these days that would burn him out? I think that's low, personally. I'm leading the witness here, but I don't think 20 carries a game is too many for... I still think that's a share, you know, instead of 15 and 15, you go 20, 10. I still think that's sharing the load. Yeah. I, I'd rather them get closer to 15, uh, mm-hmm. honestly. And it's, it's going to be more of a feel uh, thing as well, whichever quarterback is the or running back is hot hand. But uh, I think instead of the carries, I think we need to start to kind of change the position. Again, we're talking about the defense starting to become positionless as far as, you know, your edge rushers can drop into space, your cornerbacks who can blitz, you know, those things going on. It's the same with the running back position. So while we are talking carries, I think we need to start to change the conversation to touches. And I think 20 right, to 25. I consider that. I just yeah. the, the touches are usually you're maybe getting three, you know, three catches for the yeah. most part. And that gets you 50 catches. That's a lot. So yeah, the, yep. the bulk of your touches are still going to come as carries. And frankly, a reception, you're not getting hit by six guys usually. Mm-hmm. You know, you're usually getting brought down by one or two guys or even running out of bounds. It's it's not the wear and tear isn't there quite as bad. I mean, yeah, as uh when you're when you're catching the ball. Uh my point on this though is because I agree with Toy, and that's why I said I think it's great to bring yep. back Melvin Gordon. Uh my point on this though is if you had 20 carries, which I don't consider overly excessive, Herschel Walker had the greatest, you know, 
had one of the greatest comebacks ever. He said, you carried the ball 40 times. Are you tired? He said, it ain't heavy, you know, talking about the ball. <laughs> Herschel Walker, we can talk about freaks. Herschel Walker was a, still is a freak of nature. Yeah. Um, but 20, 20 carries would put him at, over 17 games would put you at 340. That would have led the league last year. So if you're looking at 200, if, if you even knock it down to 15 carries, it's 255 and 255, let me see, 255 carries would have put you sixth, sixth in the NFL. And that would have been an extra 50 carries. If you're looking at maybe four, four and a half yards per carry, I'll do four just for the math. That's an extra 200 yards. You're talking about 1,100 yards, rounded up again, 1,200 yards. 1,200 yards for Javante Gordon puts him last year, one, two, three, four, fourth in the league, fourth in the NFL. I don't think that's out of the question. If if no. if he's doing that, you know, at 15 carries, at 20 carries, you're talking about possibly leading leading the league in in uh, in in rushing yards. Yeah. So I I think he is being undervalued just a little bit. Uh, yeah. I think he will second year. You know what you've got. 15 carries should be a minimum. 250 carries for Javante Williams should be a minimum for the Denver Broncos this year if he stays healthy. You know, God willing. Yeah, that's a good call. Um... Other guy here that I all these Broncos that are coming in from other teams, I think we can say somewhat underrated right now, but that might be just me not being as I haven't I've watched all these guys in the all 22 and whatnot, but not crazy amount and not over the course of a season. So uh, maybe I think Kawan Williams might deserve a shout out here. DJ Jones might deserve a shout out here. And also a uh, Billy Turner on offense. I think Billy Turner is somewhat underrated. Um, Broncos country kind of beside themselves with the right tackle position. I get it. We want a long-term solution here, but how many times last year were we really upset with Bobby Massey? Maybe that, that Raiders game, uh, the first Raiders game where he got abused by Max Crosby. But other than that, Bobby Massey, when he was healthy and on the field, had a fine season, I thought, overall. Max, or excuse me, uh, Billy Turner, better than uh, Bobby Massey. You you improved there. Better run blocker. Um, obviously, the position's going to change a tad because Russell Wilson tends to hold on to the football. It's a different scheme, et cetera, et cetera. But I think Billy Turner is also somebody who's a tad underrated, and he's going to be a fine player for the Broncos there at right tackle this season. And I'm going to add one more. I'm going to go because I don't know the the incoming lineman well enough to say, you know, is he being underrated, underappreciated? I don't know yeah. those guys yet. Um, just, you know, I'm looking at PFF on Billy Turner. Yeah. Um, however, I have watched Albert Okawebenam, and I've watched the national media gloss over him when talking about draft needs as mm -hmm. the Denver Broncos were going into uh, into the draft. Yeah, you you need a second, you need a second tight end, but I don't think I'm willing to just gloss over Albert Okawebenam as the primary pass catching tight end for the Denver Broncos the way the national media was. Yeah, uh, I think he is an, a very adequate replacement for what you got from Noah Fant, if not an upgrade. Hopefully, Noah Fant should be an upgrade on what you got out of Noah Fant last year. Mm -hmm. But Albert Okawebenam can equal or plus what you had in Noah Fant last year. And he wasn't getting any discussion as far as being a Noah Fant replacement from the national mm -hmm. media. So I think he's definitely underrated. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, Derek Kincaid was a contributor on Tuesday, coming in a lot with good questions, asking Ronald Darby thoughts about his play this, uh, this season. You should scroll back to the beginning of the show, or I guess halfway through, because we talked about Darby for a bit. He was the first player that came to mind for me as talking about who's underrated on the Broncos. Ronald Darby, the big caveat here is that he's only had one healthy season his entire career. Last season, he got injured in that Giants game and with a hamstring injury, and then I didn't, don't think he played again until week seven or eight. Uh, but when he was on the field, 
he was great. And that was despite having a bad offense on the other side of the ball. That was despite having horrible, horrible uh, pass rush production um, from that team. So Darby's a good player. I'm excited to see what he can do this year. And uh, hopefully it should be even better. Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in here, getting us out. Uh, maybe he's the closer today. We'll see. Uh, saying great show today, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Let's ride and go Broncos. Thank you so much, Michael. We appreciate you. Also, I think this is uh, stars coming in from Dave Glassman. Regardless, we like it's to say the love. Regardless, Dave, we yeah. love you back. Absolutely. Um, Michael, so, you're awesome. Thank you so yeah. much. Uh, again, not just this show and for us, everything you do for MHH sitting number two on the YouTube rankings behind, uh, behind Ethan. So the top five, I think right now off the top of my head are I don't have to look at the top of my head. I think I have it open somewhere uh, for YouTube rankings. Um, Ethan, the DWI guys, number one and Michael Ranquillo, number two, Michaela Parker, number three, Pobby B number four, Tanner Hulse, number five with uh, Dale from Hawaii. He doesn't make the show. I don't blame him. Uh, coming from Hawaii and Sam Bam coming in at number seven, Shane Tut, Tuttle, Naj Altoff, and Paul and Bronco Sunrise rounding out the top 11. So thanks all of you so much. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. Um, we're going to get on out of here uh, pretty soon. You're talking about a quote from, uh, who is it, Bo? Oh, Jackson earlier about cut. No, Herschel. They asked Herschel Walker. You, excuse me. You you ran you ran the ball. You know where you 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 ran the ball forty five times. It's, ball ain't heavy. <laughs> well, I was uh hanging out with some friends last night and uh, in the restroom, and I saw this quote was up on the wall in the this restroom. Dirty talk is killing me, dude. We're talking about showers, bathroom in the restroom. Well, this one killed me, and uh, you just talked about a funny quote from an athlete, and I kind of wanted to close on this one because I've been thinking about it a lot, and I'm sure you've heard this one because it is that funny to me. Um, Mookie Wilson, a former Mets player, uh, asked about being in a slump, and he said, uh, when I'm in a slump, I comfort, I comfort myself by saying I believe in dinosaurs, then somewhere they must believe they must be believing in me, and if they believe in me, then I can believe in me, and then I bust out. I believe in dinosaurs. So uh, shout out to Mookie Wilson here, and also shout out to uh, Ethan coming in here with the forty-seven forty-seven, saying uh, for Nick and his confidence. Let's hope he's right. Hashtag Broncos. I'm guessing, Joseph, if I didn't know before, now you know. Josie Jewell must be number forty-seven. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, he is number forty-seven. Wore that at Iowa as well. And uh, shout out to him. Um, hopefully, we'll have a good year here. And also, Mark coming in here with support as well. Thank you so much, Mark. We appreciate you. Did you sneak one by me, Mark? Must have. maybe. All right, must have. Oh, that was the uh, that was the thumbs up. So it doesn't. Unfortunately, I see it here. It doesn't. It doesn't show up. But it doesn't matter. We love you, Mark. And uh, Richard saying that. Broncos traded Lindsay to Houston. They did not. And the Broncos placed the original tender on Philip Lindsay last offseason. And uh, then after they signed Mike Boone, they rescinded the tender uh, and let him go off and sign a one-year, $3 million contract with the Texans. Texans then released him in November, and he got claimed by the Dolphins, and he just signed with the Colts. So now you're all caught up on uh, Philip Lindsay's whereabouts. Where in the world yep. is Phil's hair? And we'll see if uh, we'll see if he's got a chance, because obviously he's not going in to be the number one in Indianapolis. So we'll see if he's got a chance to, if he makes a roster, it'll be a battle. Yep. Nick, I think you're going to have to, you're going to have to have a new tagline to close this out for us. Um, oh. you know, the, the under underrated, underslept, underrated and over caffeinated one, two, three. I will, uh, I'll let you guys work, do that. You gotta one. work that in. I appreciate it. Maybe we can have the ticker on the bottom. Um, but we appreciate you guys. <laughs> uh, it's 
man, this has been a heck of a show ride for us. And we're going to keep it going here during the off season, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays going forward at seven 30 mountain time. So make sure you guys don't go anywhere. Um, we appreciate the heck out of you. If you guys have any thoughts on what you want us to talk about, obviously keep keeping it up in the chat there or any, you know, overall topics, um, hit us up. We'll talk about it. Uh, no doubt about it. It's a lot of fun to come up here and, uh, get at it. So I'm going to be on the road tomorrow. Um, I'm glad there's no Friday show. Cause I'm going to be going down to Portland to see a concert of uh, one of my favorite bands called uh, Lord Huron. So uh, excited for that head down to Portland. It'll be a good time. We're driving down and back on the same day is what it is. Um, it's not that far um, from Seattle. I've driven as far to do a hike, so <laughs> that's fine. Um, but uh, excited. It's going to be a great weekend. Yeah. So tomorrow, make sure you, you check out Thomas Hall's show. It starts a half an hour earlier than this one. Uh, Legends of Mile High. Uh, Thomas has two shows under his belt. Tomorrow will be show number three. He will start at eight o'clock. No, seven o'clock. He starts a half hour earlier, seven o'clock mountain time uh, for Thomas's show. So uh, we'll see you a mile high huddle tonight with Chad and Zach as they close out the week on Thursday night. And then tomorrow morning with Thomas and uh, legends of mile high. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Jeremy, see Jeremy knows what's up. Love Lord Huron. Um, I don't they're know great. Lord Huron. I don't know that one. Yeah. He's, I would say he's kind of like contemporary indie folk and he's like, people describe him as like a cosmic cowboy. So uh, it's a really kind of an old, he's the way really you just good kind of described the first part of it was a little bit, um, the white Buffalo. I don't know if you've, I heard, mm, uh, I've heard of him. the song, the woods during watching, um, the Punisher on Marvel mm. on, on yep. Netflix. And I looked it up and I was like, Oh, this guy's pretty good. Very different. Yeah. I, I listen, I listen to, I'm mostly a hard rock guy, but I have a wide yeah. variety of stuff. It's good. It's good. I like energetic music for the most part. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Colin also Passion. saying he's a space. He's a space cowboy. Um, there's, only, there's only one space cowboy. Well, that Steve Miller. Steve Miller was the space oh, cowboy, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. No, it's a uh, kind of got a little Western indie folk thing going there, so it's fun. Um, but uh, yeah, and Jeremy saying they, they use them a lot in dramatic TV scenes. On yeah, and that's where the White shows. Buffalo was too. Where I yep. first heard it was in uh, was in the Punisher. The Punisher is freaking awesome, by the way. If you need a show to watch on Netflix, it's awesome. And uh, I guess I'll give a shout out too. my wife and I have been watching uh, The Flight Attendant on HBO, kind of a thriller mystery kind of thing going on here um, involving a alcoholic who just can't remember things as they're an alcoholic. So there's blips filling in there. Um, and man, it is it is a ride. Um, a lot of fun. So have a good one, um, guys. We're going to get on out of here. Uh, you guys have a great weekend. The sun is actually going to come out in Seattle. So we're appreciating it. Keep hoping for su good sun uh, next weekend, too, for me, because I got some friends coming out for a backpacking trip and uh, cold and wet and 20 miles from the trailhead is no way to be. Um, so I hope that's not happening, uh, but we'll see. Uh, we appreciate you guys so much. Um, we will see you again next Tuesday. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Uh, Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. We need to add the uh, Broncos for Breakfast one in here, too, so I can flash that at some point. I will. Um, also, guys, uh, message from the boss man here saying we need to do a better job of promoting our gear. Um, go to HuddleUpPod.com to check out the everything there you got. Our, if you guys really like the Broncos for Breakfast show, get yourself a coffee mug on there. It's Scott's a new I'm store, sure. by the way, so check it out. I think it's 15% off right now for the first week. The new store, the store has been totally redone. It looks, it looks sharp. It does look sharp. Mm -hmm. So uh, make sure you guys check that out. And if you guys say not, yeah, if you agree with the underrated, underappreciated, underslept, overcaffeinated, make sure you get the bigger, bigger uh, Broncos for breakfast coffee mug at huddleuppod.com. Also make sure you're following us at huddle, uh, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And finally, 
please subscribe, like, and share, which is now a ticker, I guess. Uh, things change. Um, but uh, that's the number one thing you can do if you're not giving us stars, support, etc. Not everybody's in a position to do that. But please, even if you're listening after the fact, find the show, click the like button. Also, hit the smash the subscribe, hit that bell notification so that way you know when we go live. And that might help some of you guys too. It's like you're hanging out in the room and uh, you don't know uh, if the show has gone live or not. Um, the bell notification, the alert, should help as well. That should ping uh, when we do hit the go live so you'll know. Um, so good luck with Chelsea today, Scott. Um, yeah, and, be uh, nice. Uh, they need to ape, I think, a single point in order to clinch third for the season. There's only two games left, yep. and it'd be nice to have kind of an exhibition next week as uh, Arsenal spit the bit. Um, yep. But, uh, yeah, I'm all Chelsea'd up. 3 o'clock Eastern game. Uh, what's on Monday? We might do something Monday, this coming Monday. This, uh, If we do, it'll probably be over on my channel, though, on uh, uh, Scott Kennedy YouTube. Um, we might do something else. Um, I'll probably let Nick have some of his mornings back. I might start bringing guests and previewing some games and some other teams with some of my contacts from around uh, around the NFL, like you know Chad was and is is that's how Chad and I got together. He's my Denver Broncos guy. Uh, well, I've got guys all over the country that we can talk to, so we might do be doing some more stuff and expanding the content on um, on that channel too. So Mondays could open up and offer up new possibilities. And uh, you've got homework. You've got homework. This weekend's going to be busy. You got to watch uh, Top Gun. You're not too busy for Top Gun. It's 90 minutes. It is only 90 minutes. Well, okay. It's on the, it's on the, I think I told you guys this before, but uh, any TV that I watch has to be approved by the boss. Um, I'm (laughs) telling you, there is not a woman on earth that won't watch Top Gun with you. She likes top. She said it's a good show. Good one. So we'll definitely watch it. Um, But uh, Iceman, Slider, Goose, Maverick. They're all, you know, pretty dreamy if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, the no women comments. Are typically, from what I understand. Yeah. Well, hopefully I won't be thinking they're underrated while in the shower. So on that note, <laughs> we're going to leave you guys out of it. You have a great one. Uh, have a great weekend. Um, choose kindness. Choose compassion. Watch Top Gun, Nick. We'll do it. And uh, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. <laughs>